Welcome to Extraordinary Ability with your host, Candace Ackerman. Every episode celebrates foreign nationals with extraordinary abilities who qualify for O-1, EB-1, and IW visas. Learn how you may qualify, especially if you have been denied other U.S. visas. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on www.visalawpros.com. Now here's the host of Extraordinary Ability, Candace Ackerman. Hello, everyone. We're back again. I'm Candace Ackerman, founder and managing attorney of visalawpros.com, and I'm super pumped to have on the show today a really fun awesome guest and I'm going to let him introduce himself and say where he is from and what is his area of extraordinary ability. Hi Candice, thank you for having me. Pleasure is mine. So great to see you and uh, please introduce yourself. Well, my name is Gary Durant and I'm a sports agent. Um, I work with players both NBA and overseas. Amazing. And where do you hail from, Gary? Well, I was born in Jamaica, um, raised in Canada. I've played ball all over the world and um, currently live in Canada, but frequently in the U.S. Amazing. And so you just brought up a point that we've discussed on this show before, which is that USCIS distinguishes in the case of athletes, if you're coming to the U.S. to work in your extraordinary ability as a coach or an agent in your case, or as a player. So um, we, in handling your O-1, focused on your extraordinary ability as an agent rather than as a player. Although, you, do you want to just share with the audience, because it's cool, briefly, some of the places and teams that you played for in your, in your professional career? Yes, I'll start with high school. I went to high school or prep school in Connecticut. Um, Milford Academy then went to... Um, Florida Atlantic University, um, who was recently in the Final Four, went to Houston to catch them. That's one of the things my visa made easy. And um, after that, played in the NBA Summer League, then played overseas, Italy, Great Greece, and England. Amazing. Amazing. And what was that like, being a professional athlete? Was that a dream that you had? And what was it, what was, explain to us what it felt like to be living your dream, basically, for that time? Yeah, it was a blessing. To be totally honest, most kids in North America um, grow up dreaming of playing in the NBA, um, not necessarily playing overseas. But once I got there, I realized how truly blessed I was. It was beautiful. I speak Italian, which, um, it, you know, to learn a diff- another language, to embrace by um, a country and, and, and uh, the way I was and um, just really nice people and to be treated like one of their own and um, to be treated as a champion, you know? Uh, I think that's what every athlete wants is to be appreciated for what they do. There are a lot of sacrifices to being an athlete, a lot of discipline. So to be celebrated for that and to have an opportunity to wake up and do your hobby for a living is a blessing. That's so nice to hear. And what made you segue into working more on the agent management side versus the playing side? Quite simple. I really just uh, want, you know, playing is not forever, right? Or whether it's injuries or age or whatever, if all the time is going to catch up to you. 
and you have the rest of your life. So some people are done at 25, some are done at 35 or 40 if you're lucky, if you're LeBron. But um, at the end of the day, um, there's life after basketball. And for me, really, when I was looking for something that I wanted to do, I'd been a teacher for a while at first. Um, and then after that, I really just wanted to get back into basketball. And I thought of ways that I could add value to young players' lives. And one of them was um, I helped start a league here in Canada um, called the NBL, a professional league. And I think that also helped in a, in a, a visa when you um, helped me put it together and applied for this. Um, and then the other part was um, how can I be the agent I always wanted? How can I really help players maximize their potential? Um, and, you know, um, tap into, well, get comp being compensated properly for their work. Um, so that's really where that came from. That's how the transition um, occurred. So, yeah, you alluded briefly to some of the categories that we used to qualify you. One was that there was already published material about you. And a practice pointer there is um, immigration is quite sticklerish. Um, if that's an adjective, about the word about the article. You need to be the subject of the article. You can't just have a photograph or a quote that, you know, where you're quoted in the piece. They really want you to include only uh, information where the, where you're the subject of the piece. So there was a few articles that chronicled your career. Can you explain for the viewers or share with the viewers other than starting your lead, which of course is noteworthy and impressive, who are, you know, what, what kinds of teams or players, if you're able, whatever you're able to share that is in confidential that you were working with that, you know, that uh, created a name for yourself in the industry prior to you um, coming to work with me on your visa case? Yeah. Um, look, as a player, um, I didn't make it to the NBA, didn't play a full season in the NBA, but um, had a very good college career um, at FAU, won the, the NCAA slam dunk competition. Um, probably most known for jumping over uh, commentator, loved commentator Dickie V, who was the face of college basketball. Um, and, um, you know, as an agent, I've represented over 20 players that have played on NBA teams. You name the team, I've had a player on there at this point. So um, I think that made it, that, that helped qualify me as an, you know, for an extraordinary um visa um really though we had tried with several others and we had applied for different categories and it just didn't work so um meeting not with me though right, right not exactly. <laughs> meeting my friend that introduced us um was a blessing and um the fact that you immediately recognized that that would be the best uh category and was persistent and diligent in making sure we we um get that was it was phenomenal because that was the right category yeah there were some little nuances that we came across in filing your case i'll touch on one or two briefly um that allude to another practice pointer which is that you cannot self-sponsor so you had an agency or an incorporated entity already established in canada and i remember that at that time not sure if it's still the case but at that time you had a partner which is very important because for an o1 case you're not allowed to sponsor yourself in other words you can incorporate an entity in the u.s where you're 
you're the 100% owner and then that entity is um, sponsoring your visa case. That would qual- constitute self-sponsorship, which you cannot do for an O-1 non-immigrant visa. Um, so you either need to have, you know, majority, less than a majority of ownership and or somebody who you can argue is supervising your work such that you're not self-sponsoring. Separately, I remember that USCIS was um, inquiring as to the relationship between a corporate entity that was incorporated in the U.S. and your Canadian entity. And what we learned and refined through filing your case was that you can have an incorporated entity in the U.S. that functions. It does need to be operational with a U.S. address, tax ID, but you can have an entity that functions purely for purposes of agency. Um, right. How's the visa case? And while as long as it's operational or you can argue that it's operational, there doesn't necessarily need to be a direct relationship between the Canadian entity and the U.S. entity for purposes of an O-1. So that's just a practice pointer for for the viewers. And um, that'll segue into my next question for you, which I do like to ask the clients is, um, can you share with everyone just briefly what it was your experience in working with me and my firm, what were some highlights of that experience? Did you shop around, find others, or just you go on the referral of your good friend and just uh, share with us the highlights of what your experience was like personally working with my office? Yeah, to, to get straight to the point, it was wonderful and it was refreshing. I had worked with um, two lawyers prior. Um, one messed up some details that got me sent back um, ferociously at the border, <laughs> almost accusatory. And um, the other one just didn't do all their full due diligence, if I may put it that way. So it was, so number one, we got the desired result, but working with you, the process was very simple. Um, you told us exactly what you needed. You saw the vision from the beginning. You told us what you thought, uh, what you needed, and I got it and sent it to you. And you were very responsive, which is important because uh, it was urgent for us. At that point, I uh, was having trouble crossing to see my clients. And um, travel, obviously, is the most important thing for, for me and my business. I need to be able to see our clients. So, I remember that being important, that you sharing with me. And I don't think it's just part of your personality, warm personality and Canadian nationality that there, can you describe for us just because it's an interesting part of the work that you do? Why are relationships and specifically in-person relationships with your client in the age of Zoom so important? What is it about your need to be physically present in the U.S. that could make or break, you know, whether one of your contracts transacts or one of your deals gets done? The NBA is 75 years old. Only 5,000 people to date have ever put on a uniform. And that includes people for 10 days who are injured, replacements, et cetera, et cetera. So um, there are 8 billion-ish people on, on, on this planet. And millions play basketball. So you can see how precious this opportunity is and how much that opportunity means to these players and their family. So to have an agent who is not just calling in his spare time on Zoom or whatever technological devices, the latest, but rather cares enough to be there in person to advocate on your behalf and to um, be with you while you're in this tank with all these sharks that want your job um, is so important. And like going back to why I transitioned into this, again, I really just want to be the agent that I always wanted. 
and this is no knock on others, but I just knew that I had time and I was committed to it. So I felt that I could really do a good job at this. And it's obviously fulfilling for me. It's not a financial move at all. It's more of a, a calling, if you would. I love it. I love what I do. And so to your question, flexibility, well, flexibility from a travel perspective and then um, being able to be there, presence, being able to be there for my clients is, you know, what we're all about. Are you able to share, if you remember, because it was a few years ago, almost coming up on three years ago, um, what was going on at the time? I remember the sense of urgency was so important, and that's always something that one as a practitioner has to balance the need for speed and the timing versus the due diligence that's required to put a case together so that you ensure the best result. What was weighing in the balance pending approval of this 01 that, you know, but for the fact that we were able to thank God, be successful for you that, you know, there was questionable doubt what that you might have, there might, what was the opportunity cost that could have accrued to you in your business had it not worked out? Not that I ever entertain that it won't. But right. I don't remember specifically, but I know that it's usually um, meetings, you know, um, there's always a situation, like I said, with players, you're dealing with people that are between 19 and usually 26. The, the average age in the NBA is 26. Right, not too many people make make it beyond twenty six. You you except for the superstars that are household names like the Curry's, the LeBrons, the Durants, etc. Um, beyond that, the window of opportunity is so small, and um, so it probably would have been recruiting. You know, you you can't recruit someone you don't see. You're not going to be successful just calling. You have to show up. You have to be present. So I'm pretty sure it was those opportunities. And then again, going to see my current clients and um, just letting them know they have someone fighting with them and someone constantly advocating for them. Because getting there is half the battle. Staying is actually harder. That's what they say about marriage, although I haven't been married yet. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like a marriage being a manager. You know, the relationship is like a, a very close and personal one, I would imagine. Um, yeah. And that's the sentiment that I got from working with you, which is why, you know, I enjoyed working on your case so much because you're just an all around great guy and the work that you do was super interesting. So the last question I want to ask for you to share with the viewers is a two part one. Um, since you've gotten your O one, can you share some of the highlights of, you know, of in the last three years, some of the highlights of where you've gone with your career. And uh, if you've done any segueing, you can share with us um, what you've, you know, uh, what you've done there, or if you've just stayed focused and on track with specific teams and players. Um, and also, I remember in drafting your case that in, in an earlier stage of your career, you worked a lot with youth, with maybe high school or college age, you know, pre-pro students and doing a lot of community work using basketball as a vehicle to inspire children and community work and i'm just wondering are you do you even have time for that or are you still doing any of that as well okay no um, long question <laughs> yeah thank you for the question if i don't answer please remind me which part i missed but um, um the first part let's start with the kids um yes i continue to work with children i make time for that um that's my biggest passion. That's what I enjoy the most, uh, which kind of carries into me being an agent. Um, I wouldn't call our clients kids, but they're young people. They're very young men um, who have to make tough decisions every day that, you know, um, I think back to being a player and 
they were difficult, you know, because there you have to find a way to make your decisions based on um, intelligence versus emotions when the whole thing is emotional. So it, it, very difficult. Um, so I've really prided myself on being there for them with that and using my experience to help and assist with that. And um, so one of the main things that have happened is I'm able to be there more in person. So for example, I was in Los Angeles from December to June, you know, um, and uh, to be there for one of my clients that was going through playing for the Lakers and going through um, a very um, um, integral time in his career, if you would, you know, kind of almost like a make it or break time. So to have your agent there with you supporting you on a day to day basis, I would know that as a player, I would have loved that. And I think he appreciated that. So um, just things like that. Just being able to be present like I intended to do from the beginning, um, it really just gave me the freedom. I don't think anything monumental has happened. Like, I haven't signed the number one draft pick or anything, but I've been able to give my current... Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> Coming soon. But yeah, I've just been able to provide better service for my clients by uh, being there and also... Um, uh, whether drive or fly to, uh, or, or um, approach the border, whether driving or flying with more confidence, knowing that, you know, we're all set. It's not going to be a, a one hour ordeal. I hear that. Mm -hmm. Well, you are an inspiration. I want to thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed working with you. I hope that we are going to continue to work together and that um, I'll learn more about the growth and development of your career and all the amazing players and young men and hopefully women, um, too, that you're able to inspire and um, encourage and support and manage to uh, thrive in their professional journeys. And yeah, just thank you for being on the show and keep up the good work, Gary. And thank you very much, first of all. And thank you so much for your help with making this possible. I really appreciate it. And yes, we'll continue to work together. We'll be in touch very shortly. And let me know when you're going to a Lakers game because my nephew's in Los Angeles obsessed about the Lakers. So I need a coordinated a visit with you and them. I would like okay. to make their decade probably. <laughs> awesome. So I'm back and forth between Toronto and there. So if it's in Toronto too, that works as well. Okay. Right. Yeah, they're uh, flexible. We're all flexible. <laughs> Canada is very welcoming. Canada loves visitors. So I know that I've had a few Canadians already on the show. So you can just tell by the the amount of Canadians on my podcast episodes. You know, the percentage I mean, of Canadians that have already appeared is quite high. So I really enjoy working with them, and they're close by. So that's yep. Well, on behalf of all Canadians, thank you, Candice. <laughs> we appreciate you. Thank right. you so much and have a wonderful day. And uh, thank you to everyone chiming in on Facebook and uh, who will be watching this on my YouTube channel and on LinkedIn. Thank you for your attention and your time and see you next time. Bye, everyone. You've been tuning into Extraordinary Ability with your host, Candice Ackerman. Learn how you may qualify for O1, EB1, NIW visas, especially if you have been denied other U.S. visas please visit www.visalawpros.com to contact us and for other episodes. Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, 
questions and for sharing this show with others.